the honest truth, here we are. We're at peace. <laughs> Ryan would like to grow in peace. And so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to um, study what God's Word has to say about this. Um, we are going to see that God is at peace, and so we should come to Him for peace. We'll go ahead and read the passage. This is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, I do pray that you would grow me in peace. I pray that you would grow all of us in peace. Um, Lord, I pray that if anyone has not yet trusted in Christ, that they would do so this morning and experience peace with you. And Lord, I pray that we would learn how to rest in you um, so that we can produce this uh, fruit of peace in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would enable us to know you, the God who is at peace. Lord, uh, speak to us now through your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what keeps you up at night? What makes your mind race and what uh, knots up your stomach? Do you worry about work? Do you worry about money? Do you worry about your family? Like how are your kids doing? Uh, how are they doing in school? How are they doing socially? How are they doing? Uh, what, what decisions are they making? How are they doing spiritually? Do you worry about your parents? How's their health doing? Um, are they happy? Uh, are you doing enough to please them? Do you get anxious because there's too much to do and not enough time to do it in? Do you get anxious about disappointing people? There's, um, there's an author named David Powlison, and he wrote uh, a little book that I was reading this week. Uh, and he just reminded us, hey, we live in a world with real danger and real trouble. And there are, uh, it, is, it is natural that we would experience anxiety in this world. There are very real dangers. For example, we will all die. Uh, we, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we and all of our loved ones will eventually die. And that is something that leads uh, many people to experience anxiety. We'll die unless Christ comes first, I mean. Um, that, that leads many people to anxiety. And, uh, and maybe also just like any health uh, situations that, uh, you know, affect that outcome uh, can lead us to anxiety. We experience anxiety because we know that relationships sometimes don't last. Uh, marriages can fall apart. Friends can move away. Children can grow up and uh, move out of the house. We experience anxiety because of money. Uh, it frequently feels like we don't have quite enough. So I'm not trying to fill you with anxiety right now. Uh, <laughs> but I am simply pointing out that when the Bible says, do not be anxious, that um, God understands us. He is talking to us about something important, something that we experience. <clears throat> Unlike us, God is at peace. Philippians 4, 7 mentions the peace of God. God is never anxious and never worried. He is all-powerful and all-knowing. He is ultimately in control of everything that happens in the universe, 
um, and he is governing all things according to his own wise plan. Within the Trinity, God himself is tranquil and serene. Uh, Philippians 4, 7 says that his peace surpasses all understanding. We are anxious, but God is at peace. So on August 27th, 2011, I experienced my first hurricane. I grew up in Indiana, so hurricanes were far away. Uh, but I uh, finished seminary, came out to Maryland, uh, on the eastern shore of Maryland, Easton, uh, the city of Easton, to do my pastoral internship. And uh, while I was there, Hurricane Irene came. And that meant that there were 60-mile-an-hour winds on the Delmarva Peninsula, and there were 85-mile-an-hour gusts, and a foot of rain fell in a day. So I know to you, uh, you you've been, maybe you've been around the water for a while, and you're like, oh, come on, man. That's a, that's a pretty tame hurricane. Uh, but to me, you know, like, the rain was going sideways. It was a hurricane. Uh, so we did what any, you know, reasonable young people would do. We had a hurricane party. So <laughs> it's fun. Uh, we, we, you know, rain going sideways outside, inside, ah, calm, peaceful, warm, uh, good food, good friends. We were playing some game where you're supposed to, like, sing along with uh, the video game or whatever. I don't enjoy that, but, you know, it's still fun being inside. Uh, so that's, that's a picture of us. You know, outside, the storm is raging. The world is, you know, full of anxiety. You, if you're anything like me, are also full of anxiety. Um, but God is at peace. Come in out of the storm. God is at peace, so we should come to him for peace. We're going to see a couple things that don't lead to peace, and then we're going to see a couple things that do lead to peace. So first, we should come to God for peace instead of settling for counterfeit peace. So I think it is possible to read Philippians 4, 6, and you, know, you read, do not be anxious, and, and you're like, okay, I'm good, I'm calm. Uh, or you read Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and you're like, yeah, I'm at peace, I'm good. Uh, but that kind of just, you know, calmness is not what the Bible is talking about when it talks about the um, spiritual fruit of peace. So, for example, some people just have a temperament or a personality that just doesn't get rattled easily. Um, they just have kind of a calm temperament. But a, a non-Christian can have a calm temperament, uh, and you know, the, the, just having a calm temperament doesn't have anything to do with God or the you know, his work in your life, and you would find out, you know, if, we, if that person was pressed hard enough, we would find out uh, whether that peace was uh, built on an unshakable God or whether it was built on a temperament. Um, other people may experience peace because they just have a well-ordered life. They've, they've ordered their life in a way they like. Uh, they, they have a job that they like. Uh, they have a budget that they, you know, they've projected it out, and they're like, yep, we're good. Uh, they have um, a family that they get along with. Uh, they have, I don't know, they've managed their schedule to where they're not, you know, doing, trying to do too much. Uh, and they even have time for vacations and just fun stuff. And, and they're like, yeah, I experience peace. Uh, but we would quickly see, you know, if something went wrong and that world crumbled, we would find out whether that peace was due to resting on God 
or whether that peace was due to just having a well-ordered life. Other people may feel peaceful because they just don't care. Uh, you know, people may know that there's things going on in the world that aren't great. They may know that other people are suffering, but hey, to be honest, they don't care. Um, and so they experience peace because your troubles don't bother them. Um, but that is not the fruit of the spirit of peace. Uh, in fact, you know, we're in Philippians 4, but in Philippians 2, Epaphroditus, Paul's friend, had come to visit him in prison. Epaphroditus had gotten sick, and um, Paul sent him back to uh, the church because he said, like, I feel anxious. I want you to know that Epaphroditus is okay. So there is a good kind of anxiety, which is just a care and concern for other people. So if you're experiencing peace because, hey, you just don't care, uh, that is not the spiritual fruit of peace. Um, other people feel peaceful because they're proud. Uh, they are self-reliant, self-confident. They believe that they have what it takes to handle anything that comes their way. And so they're at peace because they know they can do it. Um, but that is not the spiritual fruit of peace. That's just pride. So basically, God has something better for us than this. Uh, God has something better for us than just this, this peace that's built on temperament or a well-ordered life or not caring or pride. God has a peace that is built on him, that is unshakable, even if everything falls apart. So next, we should come to God for peace, but not through behavior modification. So again, uh, peace is a, is a spiritual fruit. Uh, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. You know, it, is, it is a fruit. Um, a fruit is something that grows on a tree or a bush or a plant as long as that plant is healthy and as long as it's planted in good soil. Um, if, an, if an apple tree is not producing apples, you can tape apples all over it, but you haven't really accomplished anything. They're just going to rot and fall off. Um, and so, you know, someone could read in Philippians 4, do not be anxious. Uh, they could read in uh, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. And they could say, like, I'm on it, you know. Uh, I'm going to take my fruit on the tree. Uh, and so they could say, okay, I, I, I feel anxious, but I know what to do to calm myself down. Uh, they could say, you know, I could just think about something else, talk about something else. I could go for a walk. I could exercise. I could watch TV. Um, I, could, I could drink. I could do drugs. Uh, all these things could calm a person down. Uh, but it's, it's essentially just taping fruit on the tree uh, because as soon as the effects of that thing, whatever it was, wears off, the anxiety just comes back. Um, or if you're feeling anxious, you could try to put on peace. So for example, you could memorize this passage, do not be anxious about anything, and you could repeat it over and over again, kind of like a mantra, and you could work yourself up to peace. Um, but it's, again, it's just taping fruit on the tree. Uh, if you haven't done anything to change the soil, then, you know, really, like, it's, you know, that, that's just going to fall away and the anxiety is going to return. Uh, so we should come to God for peace, but beha behavior modification won't lead to true peace. So instead, we should come to God for peace by getting to the root of our anxiety. Where is the anxiety coming from? You know, you can, you can try to calm yourself down, but the anxiety comes back. You can try to put on peace, but the anxiety comes back. Where is it coming from? 
So David Pallison wrote, in every situation where you feel sinfully anxious, you believe something is threatening your world. Your world feels out of control. You are afraid something bad might happen, and you are trying to control your world to keep that bad thing from taking place. So if you want to uh, identify the root of what is making you anxious, he says you can answer these questions or fill in these blanks. What do I need? What do I want? Uh, what don't I want? So maybe what you want is success at school or work. Maybe you want a secure financial situation. Maybe you want happy relationships. Uh, maybe you want um, yourself and others to be healthy. And then if what you want doesn't seem to be coming to you, or it, it seems to be under threat in some way, uh, you become anxious. Or maybe uh, there are things you don't want. You don't want to fail, you don't want to embarrass yourself, you don't want to disappoint anyone or let anyone down. And if those things are happening, or you feel like it could happen, then the result will be anxiety. So when we see what uh, makes us anxious, then we can see what is most important to us. So Pallison writes that this helps us to see which of our hopes, dreams, and wishes we have organized our lives around. We can see what is it we believe that we cannot do without. We can see which of our desires has become our master. So the root of our anxiety is in our idols. An idol is something that has taken the place of God in our lives. An idol is something apart from, a place of, apart from God where we look for security, comfort, hope, value, meaning, um, in order to get to the root of our anxiety, we need to identify and repent of our idols. So imagine you are anxious in social situations. Um, if you are anxious in social situations, maybe what you want is to feel accepted by others and you don't want to feel rejected. And that makes sense. Um, but it is possible for a good thing to become an ultimate thing. Um, if being accepted by others is what validates you as a person and tells you, I'm okay, then a good thing has become an ultimate thing. Um, if rejection by others makes you feel like a worthless human being, then a good thing has become an ultimate thing. So how do you repent, in this example, how do you repent of the idol of social acceptance? Um, so the, the, to repent just means to turn. So here's how I'm thinking about repentance currently. Um, to repent means to reject the false story that you are tempted to believe and embrace the true story about Jesus. So reject the false story that your value is tied up in what other people think about you and embrace the true story, which is that um, God loves you and that he showed his love for you by dying for you um, and that your value is secure because you're valuable to him. Um, or imagine that you are anxious because you have too much to do and not enough time to do it in. That could be because of several different idols. Everyone has their own different idols. One idol could be busyness. You maybe are believing the false story that your value is tied up in how much you can do or accomplish. Uh, or maybe the idol could be people-pleasing. Uh, it's, it's a good thing, it's become an ultimate thing. You, it's very important to you to never disappoint anyone by saying no and to always uh, have success in doing everything with excellence. Um, and so you're experiencing this anxiety. So again, you just need to, I say just, uh, you, you just need to repent <laughs> um, and reject the false story uh, that you are believing, that uh, reject these false stories and embrace the true story that your value is secure because of Christ. 
So the root of anxiety is in our idols. The world is a very uncertain place. There is a whole lot of trouble. There's a whole lot of danger. There are things that could go wrong. It's chaotic. Uh, so if, if your sense of security, comfort, hope, value, and meaning is based on something in this world, then that thing will always be under threat, and you will always experience anxiety. You can push it off for a while, it will come back. You can try to put on peace, the anxiety will come back. Uh, what you need is to get your security, comfort, hope, value, and meaning from something that is unshakable, um, or someone who is unshakable. Uh, you need to find your um, meaning, base your life on God. So, uh, when we, we, so we need to come to God for peace by sinking our roots into him. There are many ways to sink our roots into God. Uh, we're in Philippians 4, so uh, Philippians 4 gives us three good ones. First, we need to pray. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer is just something that God has given us so that we can have a relationship with him. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Prayer is a way that God has given us to connect with him. Uh, prayer leads to peace because you are connecting with the God who is at peace. Prayer uh, also leads to peace because you are bringing your needs to someone who has the ability to do something about it. Prayer is not just meditation where we're trying to calm our fears, push our desires away. Um, prayer is not just journaling where we're trying to organize our thoughts. A prayer is an opportunity to hand our requests, hand our needs to someone who can do something about it. So David Pallison gave a practical suggestion for our anxieties. He said, imagine two circles. One is six feet in diameter, and the other one is six inches in diameter. The six foot, I don't know if those are actually six feet, by the way, but the, the six foot one represents what, uh, what only God can do, and the six inch one represents what you can do. And so what he suggests is when you're feeling anxious, try to determine which circle does this anxiety belong in. So I know that many people in this church could be anxious about your kids, uh, how are they doing? How are they doing in school? Uh, how are they doing socially? What decisions are they making? How are they doing spiritually? But uh, really, that belongs in God's circle. There's nothing you can really do about it. Uh, you cannot control what decisions or, yeah, you can't really just control what decisions your kids make. Uh, there are th aspects of that that are in your circle. Uh, there are things that you can do. You can pray for your, for your kid. You can uh, talk with your kid about what decisions they're making. You can set a good example for your kid, um, even showing your, your kids when you make mistakes and how you yourself are trusting in Jesus. Um, so there are things that you can do, uh, but really the thing that you are concerned about is in God's circle. And so prayer is an opportunity to say, God, I don't have any control of this, but you do, so I hand this over to you, I'm trusting you with this. Second, we need to thank God. So God has already done so much for us, and we just need to thank him for our current blessings. 
uh, this morning, Jojo uh, wanted to go outside. I don't know why. Right, right now, he's always pointing at the door, saying, like, I want to go outside. So I picked him up. We went outside. We were walking. I was holding my, you know, precious baby, walking out and feeling the wind on my face and the leaves blowing in the wind, standing on the porch of the house that God provided for us. Uh, while my wife, Marcelina, is getting ready for church inside. And I thought, man, <laughs> I have a lot of blessings. Um, so, you know, we just need to thank God for all of the good things. And that's my life, but think, think of all the th good things that God has done in your life and thank him for them. Um, as we do that, we realize God has always taken care of us. And so we have every reason to expect that he will continue to take care of us, and that can lead us to peace. We should especially thank God for what he has done for us in Christ. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I honestly believed at one point in my Christian life that these words, in Christ Jesus, were added everywhere in the Bible because it's the Bible. And, like, you just got to throw some spiritual stuff in there, you know? Like, I was like, what is that? I mean, like, it, is that, does that sentence change if you take out the in Christ Jesus? Like, that's just like an extra, yeah, you know? Like, like, <laughs> um, and then I learned about union with Christ. And I learned that every time in Christ Jesus, in Christ, in him is in the Bible, it's saying, because of your union with Christ. And then that opened up, you know, more understanding. So I'm grateful for that. But um, we should thank God for what he's done for us because of our union with Christ. So when Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago, you, if you're trusting in Christ today, were in Christ Jesus in the sense that he was your representative. And everything he did, you did because he's your representative. Um, so when he lived a perfectly righteous life, God looks at you as if you have lived a perfectly righteous life because your representative did. Uh, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sin because your representative died. Um, when Jesus rose from the dead, he, I mean, you are assured that you will raise from the dead because your representative already has. Um, so we, we can thank God for what he's done for us in our union with Christ. But union with Christ is also a present reality. If you're trusting in Christ, you are currently united to Christ. And um, John 15 says that that union is like the union between a vine and its branches. So you are drawing spiritual life from Christ because of your present union with him. Um, Ephesians 5 also says that your union with Christ is like the union of a husband and wife in marriage. Uh, you are experiencing or receiving his love, his commitment, and your life is intimately intertwined with his forever because you are united to Christ. Um, and so we can thank God for our union with Christ, what he's done for us in Christ. Uh, your sins are forgiven, your eternity is secure, um, life is short, and, uh, and Jesus is with you every step of the way, and then you're with him forever. That uh, is a source of peace. Uh, if you are not yet trusting in Christ, you could, you could do it today. Uh, you could trust that Jesus died on the cross. When he died on the cross, he was paying for your sins. Um, and you could commit to living in relationship with God uh, through Christ for the rest of your life. 
Uh, if you would like to trust in Christ today, you could do it right now, um, and you could be united with Christ forever. And I would love to talk about that with you if you would like to do that. Uh, but we should thank God uh, for everything he's done for us, especially what he's done for us uh, through our union with Christ. Third, we should trust God. So Philippians 4, 6, and 7 uh, says, you know, bring your request to God. Thank God for everything he's done for you, and you will experience peace. But it doesn't say because you will receive everything that you prayed for. So um, planting our roots in God, another way of planting our roots in God is just trusting him even when things don't go the way you would like. Uh, Dr. Stephen Hayner was the president of Columbia uh, Theological Seminary in Decatur, Georgia, and he served as the president of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, uh, and he's on the board of the uh, IJM, International Justice Mission, and the Navigators. In spring of 2014, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so in the midst of his struggle with pancreatic cancer, he wrote this. He wrote, the cancer continues to have the upper hand. What now seems clear from a purely physical perspective is that in all probability, the remainder of my life on this earth is now to be counted in weeks and months. He wrote, many are praying for one of God's big miracles. We are as well. But it is not how God answers prayer that determines our response to God. God is committed to my ultimate healing. But being cured of my cancer may or may not be a part of that healing work. I truly don't know what God has planned. I could receive healing through whatever means, or I could continue to deteriorate. But life is about a lot more than physical health. It is measured by a lot more than medical tests and vital signs. More important is God's overall presence with us, nourishing, equipping, transforming, empowering, and sustaining us for whatever might be God's call to my life today. Today, my call might be to learn something new about rest. Today, my call might be to encourage another person in some very tangible way. Today, my call might be to learn something new about patience, endurance, and the identification with those who suffer. Today, my call might be to mull through a new insight about God's truth or character. Dr. Hayner learned to trust God even in the midst of his uh, fight with pancreatic cancer. And on January 31st, 2015, less than a year after his diagnosis, he did go home to be with Jesus. God is sovereign and omnipotent. He is the one who is ultimately in control of everything that happens in the universe, in history, and in your life. God loves us. Uh, he, he proved it by sending Jesus to die for us. Uh, he will go on proving it, demonstrating it forever in eternal life. God is wise. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. God is wise. He knows the best goal, and he knows the best way of accomplishing that goal. So trusting God means learning to rest in the wisdom and goodness and sovereignty of God. Coming to God for peace means learning to trust him even when things are not going the way you would like them to go. Philippians 4.7 says that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This verse is saying 
that we can experience the peace that God himself experiences within himself. This peace, it says, surpasses our understanding. And it says that this peace will guard our hearts and minds. Uh, it will guard us against despair. It will guard us against sinning in our anxiety. It will guard us from falling apart spiritually. Uh, we can experience the peace that God himself experiences. But this peace doesn't just come to us like magically or automatically. It's not like a, just a name it and claim it, I got the peace of God. Um, we experience God's peace as we come to know God, who is at peace. Or the way I've been saying it in the sermon is, we produce the fruit of peace as we sink our roots into God and who he is. So this passage has shown us a few ways to do that, um, through prayer, through thanking God for everything he's done for us, especially what he's done for us in Christ, um, and just trusting God uh, in the midst of whatever happens. So I think this is a little bit like a tuning fork. So it, I bought a tuning fork, but they're like really small. I didn't know that. They're really small and really quiet. So here you go. Here's a picture of a tuning fork. Uh, but if, you, if you've played with a tuning fork, if you hit the tuning fork, it vibrates, right? Okay, so the vibrating tuning fork is my heart filled with anxiety. Maybe, maybe your heart is like that too. Um, and then when you come to God, um, you know, like, if, if you hit a tuning fork and hit it to your, and touch it to your hand, like, the tuning fork doesn't make you, like, you know, start vibrating, right? Um, it goes the other way. Uh, you still the vibrating of the tuning fork, right? So uh, your heart, if it's anything like my heart, vibrating with anxiety, connects with God, who is at peace, and you don't make him become anxious, you know? It goes the other way. You can have the peace of God, but you need to come to God who is at peace in order to get the peace of God. Uh, you cannot watch fruit grow. Uh, so I got on YouTube this week and looked for a video of apples growing in real time. And that video does not exist. So I found that surprising. I thought YouTube had pretty much everything. Uh, but there are no videos of apples growing in real time because that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> it takes a long time for an apple to grow, and that would be a very boring, long video, right? There are videos, like time-lapse videos, of apples growing because it takes a long time, right? So it is encouraging to me that uh, Galatians 5 says that peace is a spiritual fruit, right? It takes time. Uh, it grows slowly. But if your roots are sunk into God, it will grow. So my prediction is that you and I will have many more anxious moments in our lives. But um, if, if we do this, if we uh, identify what is the idol at the root of this anxiety, if we reject the false story and embrace the true story of what God has done for us in Christ, if we come to God for peace through the means that he's given us, including prayer and thanksgiving and uh, trusting him, uh, we will, over time, grow this fruit of peace. Uh, 
But this process will happen many times. You know, like, oh, sorry. Uh, it, it will happen. Uh, someone that came to me after the first service and said, to me, it happens like once a second. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. I'm like that too. But uh, if, we, if we keep doing that, keep coming back to God for peace, then again, like, uh, the video of you growing peace might be a boring video because it'll take a really long time. But over time, there will be a measurable difference. Uh, if we uh, have our roots sunk into God, over time, he will grow in us the spiritual fruit of peace. Um, so let me go ahead and close us in prayer. Uh, God, thank you that there is hope. Thank you that you are at work, that you are at work in us to grow in us um, the fruit of the Spirit, you, to grow in us peace. Jesus, thank you for doing what was necessary to make peace between us and you. Um, Jesus, we are so grateful for what you did for us on the cross. And we are so grateful that you continue to be at work. You do not leave us as we are, um, but you are growing in us peace um, that is based not on things that can fall apart, but that is based on you, um, the firm foundation. So Lord, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.